And I want to tell you this, that I'm passionate about this topic. This is probably the thing that I believe God has put me on earth to do, and I love every second of it. But because I'm so passionate, I may have lost my voice this week at camp with the burden, I mean blessing, of 14 middle school boys in my cabin, and we had an amazing time. Caden, yes, you were a blessing, trust me, brother. But it was such a good time. So if I start to get real passionate and squeaky, just acknowledge that, man, this brother's passionate, but he's got a little left in the tank in regards to his voice, but I got a lot left in my spirit. Come on, somebody. I'm excited for tonight. But hey, this is what I want to do. I want to honor some people in the room. So if I, if I say this, I would love for you to stand up. I would love for you to stand up if you have been a part of our recent young adult ministry, if you have played a part in that ministry and hold your applause for them, but you can stand up if you've helped out. All of our youth leaders, if you're a youth leader in this room, I'd like for you to stand up at this moment. And then our kids volunteers, if you are not currently serving, could I have you stand up? Now can everyone in the room celebrate the fact that we are building on a firm foundation of faith through these leaders and what they get to do. Come on, y'all are amazing. Thank you so much for all that you do for our students. And you guys can have a seat. And again, it's not without the vision that Pastor Drew allows us to operate in that we get to do that. So I'm so thankful for Pastor Drew and Lauren. But I honor these people because I believe they champion the next generation. I believe they champion the next generation. And my whole, my whole uh, point, my whole hope for you this morning is that you would do the same, that I would give you tools to do the same thing, that you would champion the next generation. And the best way I know how to do that is to talk about gardening. Is anybody a green thumb in the room? Like you just touch it and it grows. I'm whatever the opposite of that is. Like brown, yellow, I don't know what it is, but that's what my plants look like because it's just really bad. It's not a great season. Me and my wife decided, you know, we're going to plant some jalapenos. We're going to get ourselves some uh, 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 strawberries, which are impossible to plant, by the way. But we got all of this gardening together, and we were doing great for a couple weeks. It was really good, and, and we thought, you know, we're giving it sunlight, we're giving it water, we're doing all things. Until myself left all the plants out, and it so happened to monsoon on that night. I don't know if y'all know this, but some of the pots that you have actually have plugs on the bottom to keep water in. So I made an infinity pool for all the insects at our house and had just every insect at our back door and killed every single one of my plants. I'm not good at gardening. But I know that gardening certainly takes work. If you've done it before or you've seen a farmer, you can ask anyone who's, who's done anything with seeds. Gardening, it takes work. And can I tell you, the next generation may be a little messy, but there is so much good if we decide to get into the garden and start believing for more in their life, believing for growth, believing that, you know what, I'm going to give my attention to them and I'm going to see some amazing things happen. And I'll share a little bit about what's going on in our student ministry throughout this message. But my title for today's message is simply this, that you would get in the garden, that you would get in the garden and Husbands, if you have wives, maybe you, you, you've told them, you need to tell them this for the first time. You need to look at your wife and say, hey, I need you to get in the garden. I need you to get in the garden. And wives, if you're the garden person, you can look at your husband and say, stay out of the garden. You know what I mean? Just, just stay out of there. I got a good thing going. But my title is Get in the Garden. Would you guys pray with me? God, I pray that we make the daily decision. God, not just on a Sunday, not just because everyone else is doing it, but we would decide daily to champion the next generation, and see you bring about growth like we never thought possible. And if you agreed with that, you can say amen and amen. I'm going to be coming out of a scripture in 1 Corinthians 6, uh, three, oh, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 3, 
6 through 8, and this is what it says. It says, I planted the seed, talking of Paul in this moment, in your hearts, and Apollos watered it. But it was God who made it grow. You need to understand that God is about growth, and God carries the weight of growth. We are simply here to plant and water, much like Paul and Apollos. But it says, it's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. Here's what he's saying. There is no better or worse than the other. It's not that the one who waters is better. It's not that the plant, uh, the one who seeds is worse. But we don't, it doesn't matter. It just matters that we're doing it. It just matters that we're doing it. It says what is important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters works together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. So here's my question. How can we work together with the next generation on purpose for purpose? How can we work together for the next generation on purpose for a purpose? And I have a few quick notes that you can take down for the remainder of this message. But number one is that you know this, the seed is good. The seed that we're planting is good. How many of you know the word of God is good? I mean, you've seen four and a half years. You've seen maybe in your own life breakthrough. You've seen in your own life freedom. You've seen in your own life grace that was found in the salvation call that you never thought imaginable. The seed of God's truth, the seed of God's word is good. Isaiah 55 actually says this better than I could. It says, the rain and the snow come down from heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and the bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to do. I love this part. And it will prosper everywhere I send it. What does it mean by that? God's word doesn't barely get the job done. It prospers when it gets the job done. What does that mean? He doesn't barely free you. He fulfills his promises. He doesn't barely comfort you, but he sends the Holy Spirit to completely comfort you. He doesn't barely bring you peace, but he produces a peace in you that is past your understanding. The seed is good, and it prospers in its growth. It is not barely saving you. It is not barely enough. It is more than enough in the room. So we got to trust that there is a good seed. And this is what I love about it, that the word carries the weight so I don't have to. I simply have to plant and water that word, but this is all I'm doing is I'm sharing a verse and letting the verse bring about the growth. And I don't want you to hear it just from me. I'm actually bringing up two of our leaders now from our uh, uh, youth camp where we had actually 427 students for five days and we interceded on them. But I want you guys to hear from them what it looks like to have a good seed. So share a little bit about it. Becca, Brady, Becca, you go ahead and go first, but tell us more about how the seed was good for you this week. Hey guys, I'm Becca, obviously. Um, <laughs> I would say that like it was really cool like just to be able to go there and see how the kids grew so much. Um, they were, everybody there was very sensitive to the Holy Spirit, just moving through the people. And I'm sorry, my voice is like gone. <laughs> Because I was also yelling at the top of my lungs at the kids. Um, but being able to, like, see them grow and just see the Holy Spirit move and being sensitive to the Holy Spirit moving was just so important. And being able to let the kids grow, I, I couldn't say the word get enough. It was just amazing. So I would do it all over again no matter how exhausted I am today. I'm not phys- I, I'm physically exhausted, but I'm not spiritually exhausted. So, um, so yeah, my voice did it gone, too. Um, <laughs> So my name is Brady. I'm actually a pastor here at Sacred Crossover. I didn't get anything this week. I just had a few days off. Um, so um, my my prayer this week was actually just for God to 
Sure, we bring a fresh wave in here. Did we really catch it? Was it all just slow burn? Yeah, yeah, Jim sucks. But because um, I wanted, I wanted Gal to meet him where they were at and uh, show him something. Um, and I had a whole thing like spelled out in my phone, like praying for this moment. But God said, speak something different. And he showed up to speak that way. So my hope and my heart was to be an example for these boys this week because I got to meet them. And I can't say the word example without speaking uh, of JT and his example this week. And he's been tired and he's been going. He's been an example for me and supporting me and supporting these boys. And it opened opportunities for these boys to step into a call that has been working for a long time. And I got to see firsthand what God was doing for them. And God just revealed to me that these boys are just the next generation. These kids are just the next generation. They're ready. They're hungry. They're ready. And they're stepping into a position where God is saying, hey, tomorrow is not your day. Today is your day. And I'm calling you up into Bethlehem to be an example. At one point, we had a camp to get rowdy, get hype, right? We had a dance party they were excited for. And they quickly missed what they said at one moment. They said, hey, God's moving. How about we just skip it? Right? There's only another, be another dance party to, to experience God like this. How about we just take it? And he's like, whoa, whoa. I wasn't ready for that. And God told me in that moment that they're ready. So I encourage them to not let it stay at camp, to keep on. Because if I see what God is doing today, I'm not going to let it imagine what God is doing tomorrow. Come on, give it up for them. I only paid them $100 to say that. No, I'm totally kidding. It was five. <laughs> Just kidding again. Come on, somebody. Let's, let's laugh in the house. Uh, but this is the thing. Sometimes you may think a pastor is supposed to say that, right? You might think a pastor is supposed to tell you the seed is good, and the pastor has the, the, the varsity spirit, and then I have the JV spirit. I, I just can tell you there's one spirit. And it's alive and well, and the seed is good, and he's using people all over the room. So I want you to know he can use you too. That's why they came up here to show that. But can I share a few more? Can I share a few more examples of how the seed is good? Someone that was not at our church ended up giving their life to the call of ministry because Brady was in their cabin helping them lead it through it. That's not just it. I started talking to a middle schooler. I said, hey, man, how can I help you leave what you need to leave at camp but pick up things as you go back home? And he said, Pastor, I don't, I don't really tell you this, I felt like I don't really need any more help because the Holy Spirit met me and I got rid of everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a middle schooler preaching to me at this point. Not only that, a whole room gave up an addiction and came clean about an addiction. People in our youth group felt called to leadership, which I love because I didn't say it, God did, so that's going to keep them when I can't keep them. When my words fall short, his words do not because it's good seed. There was a girl in our youth group named Avery who was spoken over and embraced her gift as a protector. So she's protecting her friends, not just emotionally, but spiritually and keeping them accountable. I actually want to read this quick text off the screen. You'll see it right now. It actually says, whoa. <laughs> I can't even, be, I'm going to start where I can't even begin. I can't even begin to say how much that camp means to me when I went into 2021. I didn't like it until the last night when I told Aubrey and everyone during cabin time, that I was dealing with suicidal thoughts and how I really wanted to be gone. And that's when I realized how important God is to me. So through the years, I've grown my relationship with him, and I'm not there yet, but I'm praying I'm going to be there soon. 
And I'm really hoping I can soon get baptized because I did it when I was eight and I only did it because, and I just for her accountability, she asked not to share her, her siblings' names because then you would know who I'm talking about. But we're doing uh, it and I didn't know what it meant to be baptized. I know what it means to be now and I really would like to do it. I did hear you were, uh, I think she meant to say lasting. She meant to say listing about things to do on soon. But thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to come to such an amazing space and be able to trust everyone. Did you know that we actually had six of our own students say, you know what, I want to get baptized because the move that Jesus did in my life is something that I cannot replace because the seed is good. The seed is good. That's all it takes. We just need to plant and water the seeds. And if the seed is good, then number two, you can trust the process. You can trust the process. Do you ever wish there was no process? Like, I think about, like, jalapeno peppers, right? Like, if I could just dump them and bam, like, overnight. I don't know if y'all remember these things, but they were, like, little capsules that you would put in hot water, and, like, in two hours, it would just turn into a dinosaur, and you were blown away. That's sometimes how I wish the process was. Like, I just come in, and I got a seed one night, a pumpkin the next. Like, it would be an amazing process. But here, here's the reality. Sometimes we believe that in our spirituality. That sometimes we don't want a process of grace to start to renew us. Sometimes we just wish, hey, I, I, met, I gave my life to Christ. I thought that addiction would break overnight. Hey, I, I, I wanted to meet with God in worship, and I thought that fear would be replaced in an instant with faith. Come on, some of you need to understand you've been dealing with this for a while. You felt me, and I don't have enough faith because it's not off yet. That is not true. You need to trust the process. Maybe you thought the bitterness towards your spouse would be gone by now, but you're still dealing with it. Here's the reality. There is a process to producing fruit in your life. And I will, I will say that our church is 100% behind believing that God can change everything in an instant. But even if he doesn't, you can still trust the process. That there's still growth in the middle. We always like to celebrate the end product. We always like to talk about, I was freed from the addiction, but we hardly celebrate the fact that, you know what, I'm actually not quite there yet, but I'm a whole lot better than I used to be. That there's a process to your growth, and someone in this room has felt like, I'm never getting over this. I would ask you to look at your past and see how far you've come from a year from now. If you've been with our church for a few months now, man, look back and realize how far God has brought you. You can trust the process, because if my God is faithful to complete something or start something, he is faithful to complete it. Right, John 4, 37, 38 says this about the process, that one sows and another reaps. This statement is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for, and others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Can I, can I tell you this? That when we get into the new building, some people will never know what it's like to be here at 6 a.m. with a blowtorch unfreezing a lot to unpack. Some people won't know that. Some people will not know the, the feeling of being blessed by God and realizing that chains were broken in an altar call right after we scrambled to make sure kids' check-in was okay because we couldn't get the Wi-Fi. Some people will never have to put their hands to making 500 homemade cake pops. It was my idea, and I still have no idea why we did it. I was like, who made this idea? And my wife was like, it was you. I was like, okay, let's never do this again. Because you got cake. That's a whole nother. I got PTSD from that. But you will never... Online, online, listen, we got people who will never understand what it's like to have a redneck rig up outside with a car and an internet Wi-Fi and have bad online sometimes because it rains. Some people are going to get blessed by the stuff that we have sowed. They will reap in a new building. That's just the reality, and that's an okay process to be with because can I tell you, some will never know the community it takes to build a church in a theater. 
that there's been blessings in this theater. Some will never know the steps Pastor Aaron and the outreach team has taken to break new ground in new communities and the hard work it takes to get our name into a community. Some will never know that God moves in a group of people in a regal theater to create funds to raise a building where other people will become saved. Come on, some people don't get to know the process. We've had some hard seasons, but we've also had some amazing seasons in Regal. And some will never know what it's like to have the Holy Spirit falling in a room while Spider-Man's right next door. That's just the reality. That's just the reality. But here's what I want you to know. That's okay. That's okay because you can trust the process. I don't know where you are in your faith process, but you can trust it. Why? Because the seed's good. Because our God is faithful. So as we get into this garden, man, I don't, again, I just feel like some of you, I've been so fed up with your process. God's still working. God's still moving. God is still faithful. Listen, I, I know this can be true, but in the process, getting into the garden, it can get uncomfortable. It can get messy. A perfect example of this is we were at camp, and in a moment, I felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me, hey, you need to talk to one of our students about her identity. She's so involved in sports that she forgot she's, she's just my daughter. Like, before anything, she's my daughter. Sure, she's using her gift to use uh, in sports to bring about my name, but that's not her identity. And I was like, God, I don't know, man. Like, you know, I, like you, you, when you hear from God, you start questioning everything. You crave to hear from God so bad until you hear it. And all of a sudden, you're like, I don't know, man. Is that really you? Like, what if she doesn't play sports anymore? I don't really know. Maybe I forgot something. And in a moment, I just, he kept burning on the inside, and it was just the voice that I almost felt most uncomfortable with in that moment. And I said, hey, I just want you to know that it, it feels like this is happening in your life, and I just want to speak something over you. Sports is not your identity. You're actually the daughter of a king, and that's where you start, and that's where you finish. That's who you are, and that's your identity. And she said, I don't think you understand. That is exactly what I was asking God for. It's messy. It's uncomfortable. But the seed is good. And after a long week of losing our voices and no sleep, and like he said, B.O. and all kinds of different things going on at the camp, this is what we got to see. I'm going to play you just a short clip of what happened on the last night of camp. It's about 15 seconds, but check this video out. stay in that moment right there we're just gonna keep going but here's here's my third point that because their attention was somewhere it created an awareness to the holy spirit in gardening what you need to understand is that attention attention will create awareness if i paid attention to the plants that i had originally when i drowned them in that infinity pool i would have actually had an awareness that we needed to do something what I'm asking you to do with our student ministry is just create an attention for them. Create an attention that will lead to an awareness because that is the biggest component to winning in the garden, is giving attention. And here, I, I said you need to pay attention to students, but I think there's something even more so you need to pay attention to. So you may be asking, what should my attention be on? I go back to first, uh, verse 7 that we started with. It says, it's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important? is that God makes the seed grow. Students, can I talk to you for a second? What's important to you is not to live from Ignite Camp to Ignite Camp. 
what's important to you is not to think that the God who met you there won't meet you here. But the reality is that you need to simply give your attention to Jesus. And you'll have an awareness for him every single day. Adults, can I speak to you for a second? I'm not asking you to pay attention just to our students. I'm asking you to pay attention to what God is doing in the lives of this church. And it will create an awareness for our student body. That if your attention is fixed on God, their awareness to your attention will come about. How do I I mean this? If I were to just stare over in this corner and give my attention to this corner, you all would become aware that something is over there. For example, the spider behind Lauren. But I'm just kidding. There's no spider over there. But you need to understand that we need to fix our attention on who God is, what Jesus did, and how his Holy Spirit would have you respond in different moments. Would you just fix your attention on Jesus? And it will create an awareness that, and a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit that will bless this entire church. The reason I showed that clip of worship is because actually right after that song, for two and a half hours, the entire 427 students that showed up got into a moment of prayer and never left it. And chains were broken. It was an amazing experience. I can't quite understand what the Spirit was doing, but what I know the Spirit was moving simply because our attention was there, our awareness was set. We paid attention to what God was doing, and we were aware to his spirit. I like to say it this way. We didn't just experience God. We encountered him. Because you can experience God. You can say, man, it feels like God's moving in this room, but he must not be moving for me. When you encounter him, you said, he, he spoke to me. He had a word for me. And that's what I hope for every single person in this uh, room that they could have that. For example, listen, when Peter fixed his attention on the waves, he became aware of them. But to the same degree, it was the woman who was dealing with the issue of blood for 10 years. That when she decided, you know what, I'm going to fix my attention on the healer, that she was aware of the power that was within her. All I'm asking you today, students and adults alike, that you would fix your attention on Jesus and be aware of what he's doing in this church. Because he's up to something amazing. I said it earlier, there is no varsity in JV Holy Spirit. There is one spirit. That says the same spirit that lives in you is the same spirit that brought Christ from the dead. There is a spirit that is alive on the inside, and we just need to be uh, attentive to what he's doing. And I promise it'll bring about awareness. So we got some work to do. We got lives to change. So I think we all need to get in the garden. And here's how I would love for you to respond. There's two different responses. Number one, I'm going to talk to students first. I want you guys to go first. I want you to stand up in just a second. I want you to stand up. I'll count to three so that I can key you guys in if you're wanting to make impact. If you're wanting to grow deeper with Christ. If you're wanting to see lives change through serving the church and be a part of that life change. If you're between those ages of zero to 24 where we're doing our young adult ministry, what I'm going to ask you to do is stand up when I count to three because you want to be a part of what Christ is doing. One, two, three. If you're a student in the room, can you just stand up right now if you want to see what God's doing in your life? Come on, if, if you want to stand up, I know it's a little nerve-wracking. I know it's a little scary, but I believe that God's putting you guys in places where you can stand up. Come on, here, stand up. Just stay standing for another second. I know it's a little nervous. I know it's, it's a little challenging. Adults, can you look at the students in the room? Adults, can you realize that there's a garden ready to receive? Adults, can you realize the next generation is going to grow when we start giving our attention to Christ and what he's doing in their lives? Students, you can, go have a, you can go ahead and have a seat. I'm going to talk to the adults now. Adults, I'm going to do the same thing, but this is what I want you to understand. I want you to stand up saying, I'm going to get in the garden today. 
You might say, JT, what does that look like? This is what I, I, I put. It's standing beside the next generation in the beauty and in the mess. It may look like something like this. Our kids' room is going from two to five rooms when we get into a building. You may want to get into the garden in our kids' ministry. Standing up may be saying, you know what, I'm going to take the growth track because I believe in the next generation and I'm going to help them build a firm foundation not on fear, but on faith. It may look like joining the youth or college team to help bring about life change and mentoring a group that really wants it. Or it may be simply saying this, I'm going to see them. When I walk through the hallways, I'm going to learn their names. When I walk through the hallways, I'm going to pray under my breath because I know my, my prayers change things. Because here's what I know, I'm not naive to think that that night was just because of that week. I understand that Pastor Drew, not as a pastor, but as a father, has prayed for Bella and planted seeds that came about this week. I understand that Cody has spent Wednesday after Wednesday with our youth group playing Foursquare to build trust in adults. I understand that we have leaders that have laid hands even when they're going through difficult moments on a Wednesday night and seen breakthrough for our students. I've seen upperclassmen put down seeds. I'm not so naive to think that the seeds that were planted in a week's time brought about growth. No, I think it's the seeds that have been planted over four and a half years that we got to see the Holy Spirit move because the seed is good. We trusted the process and we're going to play a part in this thing. We're going to get in the garden. So adults, I want to talk to you guys right before we go. I'm just going to ask you on the count of three to stand up if you're saying I'm getting in the garden. I don't care if you're a dad and you have a daughter, stand up for her. Let her see it. But I want you to know, even if you don't have any uh, uh, family or any kind of sons or daughters yet, that you can still play a part. And if that's you in the room, can I just get you to stand out on the count of three? One, two, three. Can adults in the room stand up if you'd like to get in the garden? Can you stay standing for one second? Students, you're not a bother to us. Students, you, you need to look around this room and remember this moment that you actually are someone we want to be invested in that we want to be here. You need to look at these people and understand I'm not a burden, I'm a blessing. That you are a blessing because just like Brady said, you're not just the church of tomorrow, you're the church of now and we're ready to invest. The garden is ready. We got we got workers. We're ready to reap a harvest. And thank you adults, you can stand down, but I want, uh, or I'm sorry, you can sit down. Stand, stand down. <laughs> but I need, I need our students to know that there's people who care about them. In a world where mental health is raging, our students need to know that there is someone who is for them and not against them. And I hope you know that moment. And to go back to that, and, and the first point I said, listen, if you don't know this thing, if you don't know the God that we serve, can I tell you, Jesus did not die for you to be half saved. Jesus did not just die for the best parts of you, but he died for the worst parts of you. That his desire is to see you fully alive, living a fruitful life, free of guilt and full of grace. That you didn't end up here on accident, but you can trust the process that you were brought here for a reason, maybe to give your life over to Christ. And all you have to do is repent from your sin, believe that he is the Lord and Savior of your life, and allow him to produce fruit that you could not on your own. And what I'd like to ask with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're saying, you know what, I want him in my life. And I know some of you in this room might think, no, my life's too messy. My garden's junky. It's got a lot more bad than good. Can I tell you, Jesus doesn't just love you. He likes you so much so that he came on earth to show you that he would die for something you deserve. So in this moment, if you feel like the Holy Spirit's just tugging on your heart and saying, you know what, I, I want to invite him back into my life. I want to see him produce fruit in my life that I could not on my own. I want to see him get rid of bitterness. I want to see him 
bring about peace. If that's you in the room and you want to say for the first time or maybe even rededicate your life to Jesus, on the count of three, can you just throw up your hands in the room? One, two, three. If that's you in the room, can I just see hands? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for producing such good fruit. Well, we are a, prayer, uh, a church that prays together. So I'd ask everyone in the room to just pray this simple prayer. Would you just say, Jesus, I turn to you and away from my mess. I fix my focus on you. Would you become the Lord and Savior of my life? I believe your word and I receive your word today. And it's in Jesus' name we all pray. And if you agree with that, you can say amen and amen. Come on, can we give it up for the people who gave their life to Christ today?